November 19th, 2013, Walt Disney Animation Studios released a movie that would instantly change the way kids looked at winter. For the first time in forever, there was an animated musical starring two sisters that captured our imaginations and left audiences singing along for years to come. A surprise hit, the Disney parks were left flat-footed, and it wasn't until 2016 that these two sisters were finally able to build a snowman in Epcot World Showcase. This week on Slice of Disney, Frozen Ever After. Yes, some things never change, like the feel of your hand in mine. Some things stay the same, like how we get along just fine. Like an old stone wall that'll never fall, some things are always true. How I'm holding on tight to you. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney obsessed enthusiast and real life Anna. And I'm your co host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney goer and real life Prince Hans. <gasps> you are not that evil. <laughs> You're like pretty evil, but not that evil. I did think about saying real life Tinkerbell this time, just to kind of <laughs> take it away from you. Wait, that would have been so funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I missed opportunities. Um, we also were discussing beforehand because this movie is Will and I's movie. It is. This yeah. Is, and it's so weird. I don't think either of us remember why. Yeah, I was definitely like, I don't remember why. I hope I'm not going to get embarrassed for not knowing. No, I just like we always would text each other, hang in there, Joan. And we used to ride in the car and sing the songs together all the time. Um, so I definitely out of all the I'm Anna, like she's like weird and quirky and <laughs> uh, but excited about life. And pretty adventurous. And Will is my platonic Kristoff. I don't know that I I would say I don't know that I really have a a one to one connection in this movie. I I do think I identify more with Kristoff than anyone else um, because he is just kind of like, I'm just here and I've got my things and I do my things. And like, I'm not, you know, the I don't need to be the star of anything, uh, but I support my friends and I'm loyal. And I got a I got this reindeer that I think is pretty cool. I could entertain myself. <laughs> the way he talks to Sven is kind of like you playing D&D. Like, yeah, for sure. Y- you kind of do a voice, but it's kind of like, oh, I'm just over here doing a D&D I thing. I have like one voice, and that's the one that I use. Yeah, it's or good. actually he has one other one, and it's, I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm just up here doing this thing. and I'm, I have an upper uh, register and a lower yeah. register. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're like Kristoff. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, and um, but yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was like, we we did see Frozen two together, but I yes. and I assume we watched Frozen one together at some point, but it's not like we, you know, went to the theaters or anything like that. I think just because like we like the music and the hanging there drone part is fun. So yeah, it just like why be- it became that for us. Yeah, I after I got off uh, Frozen Ever After the first time, I immediately texted Will and I went and looked in the gift shop for some fun gift to get him because I was like, this is our movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you do you remember that? that you, uh, no, I don't. Oh man, I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to be um obstinate there. I but I just don't. <laughs> well, but I do, shame on you. But I do very much like this movie and I like the music and uh Frozen 2 I have opinions on, but for the most part I liked some of the music from that and 
Um, Some Things Never Change was in my top 10 Spotify uh, this past year. So Some Things Never Change was my top song this year. <laughs> it was like six or seven for me. but And I, the rest was Hamilton, but or like electronic pop music. So or and the, the Beatles is my top artist. But then my top song was Some Things Never Changed from Frozen 2. <laughs> sure. It's a great song. It's a banger. It is. I I think we should discuss Frozen 2. Okay. We should talk about Frozen 2 because this ride features scenes inspired by Frozen, Frozen 2, as well as the 2015 animated short Frozen Fever. Yes. I have not seen Frozen Fever, but we did see Frozen 2 together. We and did. The I do like music from Frozen 2. I think the plot is very uh, out there. Um, and it's kind of like, I don't think people go see Frozen for the plot. And this one was like, here, okay, I've got this great plot. There's like these four different spirits and they're all doing this different stuff. And everyone's like, okay, just give me more songs though. Um, but that was my my opinion of the, sh- of the movie. Yeah, I felt like they were trying to definitely tackle some very serious uh, themes of getting older and you know yeah. the things that you have to deal with so i don't know if that was for a younger audience to understand like things can change um it was a little convoluted i didn't love the second one i loved like for <laughs> as we've made clear i loved uh something's never change and and lost in the woods is so much fun yeah I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for any type of parody or uh, kind of meta humor and like Lost in the Woods being like an 80s power ballad uh, set in the Frozen oh. universe is just very fun. And so Amazing. I'm be here for anything like that. I I think that like there's these really serious moments like I find myself crying, like legit crying watching this movie because it can be so serious at times. And that part yeah. of me is like, no, I don't want to feel serious. Go play. <laughs> I just want to build a snowman. I just want to build a snowman. That That's, I guess, another thing we always say to each other is, do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, <laughs> that is true. So as you can tell, Will and I have a lovely relationship with Frozen. It felt appropriate to tackle Frozen Ever After because it is officially December and we're getting closer to the holiday season. So we want to get a little chilly and it, pretend it's snowing as I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in Kentucky. It snowed like last week. Not not very much, but it did. Oh wow, really? Yeah, but uh, not not an endless not an endless snow or winter that caused me to seek out my sister and get her to stop making it snow. Uh. <laughs> so Frozen Ever After is a musical reversing log flume ride in Epcot. Um, they are bringing it as well to Hong Kong, Tokyo Disney Sea, and the Walt Disney Studio Park in Paris. There is no opening date yet for Tokyo or the Walt Disney Studio Park, but Hong Kong will be opening in 2021. Gotcha. And now, so when you say reverse, reversing log flume, what does that mean? It means that halfway through the ride, a very exciting part happens, and instead of going forward, your boat starts to go backwards. Ooh, I'm excited to figure out what part of the ride that is. I, yeah. Um, so the development of this ride is pretty straightforward. Um, One of the things I think is fascinating, and we kind of talk about how Disney sometimes doesn't know what they have and might put too much money into some things, might not put enough into others. They thought Frozen was going to flop. Yeah, they did. 
Or at least, like, didn't think it was, definitely didn't think it was going to be what it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe they, like, thought, like, oh, it'll be fine. So they didn't put too much marketing into it. They had no prep for toys or um, merch of any kind. Then it becomes the biggest hit that Disney's had in years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely. It, it, like, like we've alluded to, it, it's not just one movie with one sequel. Like, it has become a franchise in its own right. Um, you know, there's a lot of different shorts. Um, there's uh, obviously a tons of merchandise. I have a young niece that last year, we for Christmas present, we took to a local theater production of like Frozen Junior, uh, <laughs> which is super cute. Uh, and she got to meet like the princesses and stuff, which was like a high school girl that my mom has tutored in ACT. Oh my <laughs> so God, that's so cute. Very cute. But like, yeah, it went from this like, we think the movie will do fine to, I think it would be, you know, impossible to not see these characters. Um, maybe for the rest of my life, every Christmas. Oh, yeah. Like, I will see them somewhere. Even, you know, my one of my best friends has a princess company. You know, they, they dress up and they sing and they'll read books and stuff at birthday parties. And Anna and Elsa are just eons above all the other princesses of who's requested. Oh, I'm sure. It's yeah. it's not even comparable. It looks like they earned one point two eight billion dollars wow. in revenue. So it was a huge, huge, huge commercial success. It's created its own universe. Um not quite like a Star Wars situation we got going on, but for Disney, um, Princess World, just absolutely ginormous. Yeah, and I will say it's not unlike Star Wars. I mean, it's definitely not the same level there, but of creating it's a universe. Yeah, it's comparable with some Marvel movies that have come out, not like the Avengers ones, but like the the box office returns are and like effectively like let's be honest, Elsa is basically a superhero. I mean, oh, she's yeah. an X-Man. She could easily be in those types of movies. So, yeah, I mean, They've really got a lot here, and uh, they're going to continue to work with it, which is great. I think one of the reasons it's so successful is because of the music. I mean, that's what got us. Hands down, for sure. Like, I knew the music before I saw the movie. I actually didn't see the movie for, for quite some time. Um, and then when I finally did watch the movie, I watched, like, the first, like, 45 minutes to an hour and saw all the songs I knew. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Ah! <laughs> I have since gone. I've since gone back and seen the whole thing. But I definitely was like, the music is what is... That's what grabs you. I didn't know that. That's really funny. <laughs> One of the, so this the couple that wrote the music are Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. As a huge musical theater nerd, he they co-wrote a musical called Avenue Q, a very raunchy musical about puppets. Um, side note: I got this. Uh, I like had downloaded this album on iTunes and my dad found out and was livid because it was not appropriate <laughs> for my sure. age. <laughs> yeah. And to this day it's like something we still talk about because he like brought my brothers to see it in New York and was like, see look how funny this is. And they were really young. And I'm like, what the heck, Dad? Uh, come on, Dad. <laughs> come on, Dad. Um and then they also worked on Book of Mormon. The uh I didn't know that. Yes, Very interesting. They partnered with um, the creators of South Park to create a hilarious hit. So they're extremely successful. Um, I think that their quality of work speaks for themselves. So the fact that they were able to create such memorable music um, that has clearly spans over a, many age groups 
I think says a lot. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that I just told you this very raunchy, then a South Park, uh, you know, <laughs> created yeah. all the way to Frozen, like this sweet, you know, story about two sisters. That really shows a lot of diversity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I didn't I didn't know all that. That's very interesting to me. And I'm curious to what they'll they'll come out with next because clearly they're there are huge successes there. But, you know, I think that that kind of gets us back to Frozen Ever After as well, because it is it's not quite the kind of little mermaid ride where you're just going through the movie, but it is a showcase of technology and song. Um, it's basically like these are the songs that you like with some slight variants to make it a little more relevant to what you're going through now. Um, and also here's our really cool tech that we've been able to, uh, to, to develop over the past, over a number of years. Yeah. So on September 12th, 2014, Walt Disney world officials announced that Maelstrom was going to be closing and be replaced with frozen. Maelstrom was the uh, log flume ride in the Norway section of the Epcot World Showcase. And I actually think I went on Maelstrom. I feel wow. like I kind of rem- Yeah, I think I kind of remember that. Like, it was one of the few, like, rides in the Epcot. I- I'm probably totally wrong. In my childhood brain, I remember that, like, in the Epcot World Showcase, there were only a couple of rides, and this was the one that was, like, a little bit more thrilling because it had, like, I think it, is. it had the backwards yeah. part, right? And, like, a troll that was scary. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize that until I was reading the research for this. And I was like, oh, huh. I, I kind of remember that. Wow. I, I think that excites me that you, like, remember something from Disney World. Um, yeah. It was, a, it was a reverse log flume ride where you kind of went through some mythological stories of the Viking days of Norway. Um, it was very dated. But they, had, they did end up keeping the same bones for the Frozen ride. There were some good things and bad things about that. Good things are you don't have to build a whole new building. Um, but bad things are, okay, how do we tell the story with this already set in motion track? Yes, absolutely. And that was a challenge uh, as they continued to figure out what this ride was going to look like. In June 2015, the then Disney Chief Operating Officer Tom Staggs revealed that the plans for The Frozen were going to be discussed prior to the Disney's release and uh, that they already knew it was going to be like this huge worldwide success and they already knew what they're doing. And I'm like... Liar. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, it's the same thing as them being like, well, we didn't want to spoil Baby Yoda. It's like, okay, sure. Spin it all you want. (laughs) There is no. There's, yeah. Everything that came out at the time of Frozen was like, they didn't realize it was going to be such a success, blah, blah, blah. So now they're coming out being like, yeah, we knew. Yeah, we knew. We are. This was already like in the works. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Stop. If anything was in the works already, I would have believed you that Coco was going to replace the Grand Fiesta tour in Mexico. That is also, you know, it's great, but just a little dated. So I don't believe you, Tom Stacks. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, uh, but th- anyways, they went through with it and there was a lot of excitement around the fact there was going to be a frozen ride. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things that I heard about uh even out in LA where they weren't building it and also as someone that wasn't that interested in the Disney parks. So, you know, I, yeah, it was clearly like, you know, a big moment. Even though Arendelle is a fictional place, they felt like it fit within the Norway environment. Yeah, that's a question I had. And was this like one of the first sort of we are taking these different like worlds, like these different countries and instead of continuing to 
uh, make it a display for that country. We are putting our own property into it. And I don't blame them because I do agree that Arendelle is very similar. Um, and there's a lot of that same kind of themes and stuff. So I think you can do both. Um, but I was just curious if this was like the first kind of move away from uh, that kind of world showcase and into world showcase, but in Disney. 100%. I mean, they've done things before. You know, they'll have characters that might be from that country outside of where it is. But this is the first really big change to the world gotcha. showcase. And I do think, you know, obviously I think Norway has to approve it. And I think it honors them. I mean, Frozen is such yeah, it's such a huge success. It's like, why not? And so they, they agree that they're going to do this. Um, the first details that came out were the name. It's like such a tease. It's like, and I think kind of goes backwards. Like you, you know, Walt with Haunted Mansion, like it was just like Haunted House for so long, you know, and then the name didn't come early, but this one, they knew it was going to be Frozen Ever After. We're going all the way, baby. Which actually gives me more of a reason to not believe Tom Staggs that they had this whole (laughs) thing planned out. Because I think if you had the whole thing planned out, you come out with a teaser that's more than just be like... Well, we, we have to give him something. I don't know. Just give him the name. What's it going to be? I don't know. Frozen ever after. All right. Good. Great. Go. Go. Yeah. Release information so people will <laughs> get off of us. Um, right. But they did want to keep some things from the original ride. So all of the vehicles, these Viking ships are still the same. Oh, cool. Um, and the tracks are the same. Something that was updated beyond any other ride were these audio animatronics. Yes, and that's one of the things that I, in this research, that I thought was, like, one of the cooler parts of this, is the animatronics that are in uh, this attraction. Yeah, so these audio animatronics, which I didn't realize, but that's Disney's trademarked name. Huh, didn't realize that either. The lifelike robots. I did, Yeah, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, these were, but these animatronics were the most lifelike ever. They were just way beyond anything else because instead of using pneumatics and hydraulics this is the first ever all electric audio animatronic and it makes it so that when they move it, it's much more fluid more lifelike they were able to add little details and nuances so that each character had their own way of moving instead of it being a little more robotic absolutely and i think you can really tell like uh, I haven't been on this ride, but I have done the, the YouTube uh, ride through, as I tend to do for ones I haven't been on. And you can really tell with Olaf, at the, like at the very start, you know, we'll get into more of what the ride is. But at the very start, Olaf is kind of like sort of walking with your boat as you move around. Like he comes up to you and then he kind of like moves around with you. And it's one of those things that, you know, it I think especially you, you can nail that nuance of what the character looks like on screen um, now with the precision of you know, the all electronic thing like pneumatics can be a little like, you know, that's that's air motion. Right. So it's going to be a lot of like uh, increasing air pressure and decreasing. So it's going to seem a little herky jerky, which I think is, you know, is charming. And it's fun to see the old old way animatronics work like on the carousel of progress. And they're like definitely look very robotic but right. <laughs> in, a, in a kind of weird way. Um, but for this, it's just it is just really well done. And, it, and you know, it, it's a nice sort of experience to, yeah. to see that. Olaf apparently was like one of the hardest 
getting yeah. his movements down and his body, which surprised me. I would think the humans would be a little more difficult, but maybe because they're so used to making humans. Yeah, I think I saw that it was because he was the smallest. That that was kind of part of it too, and also like the smallest with specific personality. Like you can take like the rocks or the little marshmallow things, and like they only have to do a couple of things to be a you know the right look of that character. But Olaf, everyone knows how he looks, so you have to nail it, and you have to do it in a smaller package. That's true. One of one of the things I don't love, if I'm being totally honest about the new animatronics, are their faces. Hmm, why is that? I just feel like it takes away from it. So they use a face mapping technology um, in order to make it so that they're really moving and the faces look like their characters, but you can tell it's lit. So hmm. it doesn't match the body totally. I, like I can, you can tell it's a, like, it looks like a screen in my opinion. Okay. Interesting. It, I didn't, I didn't, I, I felt like the, the faces of specifically of Anna for whatever reason, that was one of the few ones that stood out to me where I was like, that looks a little weird, um, but I couldn't really put my <laughs> finger on why. So maybe that maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but I it it, it seemed a little um, shallow from a design perspective. I don't know yeah. if that's what anybody else feels, but it just felt like it was like this is a face, and it's like Anna's face, but it doesn't have the depth of uh, facial character yeah. that people actually have. Yeah, I I would be curious to hear uh, y'all's thoughts because that's just my opinion it's a little distracting to me uh, the first time they used that technology was in the seven dwarves mind train with the with the dwarves with the seven dwarves and i think it worked a little better there i don't know why in frozen it's it's just a little jarring to me um where the characters like olaf and sven or the trolls and the trolls still use the face mapping but maybe it's because they're so cartoony like the seven dwarves that it works a little better for me um, but when another part of it that makes these animatronics different is that unlike a lot of the other robots around the park where you if you took off their clothes, they're like a robot and their skin where this mm -hmm. one, like the clothes and everything are attached, like, oh, okay. their clothes are moving with them, with the body. So I think gotcha. that's partially why it looks so realistic with the bodies. But then yeah, yeah. I, I get a little distracted by the face. Are you familiar with the concept of the Uncanny Valley? No. Okay, so the concept of the Uncanny Valley is like this general thought that as robots um, and animatronics or whatever, or computer-generated uh, facsimiles of humans um, get more and more advanced, they it becomes more appealing up until a certain point. And then when it's like almost there, but not quite, it's very unsettling. Um, so it's one of those things where like you see it, you tend to see it more in like... Um, CGI uh, movies and stuff like that where they're trying to make a human, but it's like their right. eyes just don't seem right. And it's like this, like in my brain, I feel uncomfortable because it looks like a human, but it's very right. clearly not. And I can't figure out why. And it, Frozen After Ever doesn't have that, but I, no, no, I no, can yeah. see where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, I can see where it's like maybe starting to approach it in some way where it's like, this is very human and lifelike, but it's not quite there yet. Um but yeah. it's definitely not the uncomfortable part. No, it's... it doesn't make me uncomfortable. It's just noticeable. Right. Um, even though I just hate it on the faces, it's still a super cool ride, super engaging, really, really fun. And apparently a lot of other people agree with me. Yes. <laughs> um, for this five-minute ride, the line would often, in its first couple years... Be 300 plus minutes 
That is, oh, that's five hours plus. That is wild. And I cannot imagine waiting five and a half hours to ride one ride. Oh Especially my God. one five minute ride. I mean, there's so much more to do. Anyways, uh, it is very cool though. So, yeah, still, I don't know what ride I would wait that long for. That's a really long time. I think I did wait that long to get into Hogwarts for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's just like, it's not, <laughs> it's not worth it because there's like plenty of other things, cool things to do, right? So I'll do that. I don't, I don't want to, if I'm only at Disney World for a set number of days, I don't want to spend five and a half hours to go on one ride. My family and I like to avoid those big crowds. So usually we always get a fast pass for this when possible. Um, I can say even with the fast pass, you're still looking at a solid like 30 45 minute wait which is much more manageable but like agreed yeah it's long and this ride breaks down a lot oh interesting so didn't know that the first i would say the the first year for sure maybe the second year even that we went to disney world um we couldn't ride this because it kept breaking down every time like every day that we were at epcot it was broken down so we were like what are you gonna do yeah i wouldn't that would be another reason i would stay out of that line but it was so frustrating but the inside, they made it a very cool area. They give some credit, you know, and some little details uh, to the original Maelstrom. But you're going to be going through uh, Oaken. This is the scene that they added. You get to go through mm-hmm. Oaken's uh, Wandering Oaken Shop. I haven't gotten to see this because since we always do do the Fast Pass. Um, but apparently in Frozen Fever, the short, they, he has like a little cart and he sells stuff from it. And I just can't help but automatically go, yoo-hoo, like in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and this is now his third shop. So he's really just like expanding. Expanding, you know. Yeah, he's doing a whole franchise. He's really doing well. And so we get to kind of go in there. And this one is Oaken's Tokens. Great name. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm kind of surprised that's not what like the original name was in the in the in the movies i wonder if they were like really regretting that that wasn't they were like oh my god it's why didn't we think right of this there <laughs> <laughs> it's so good um and then you get to kind of see his you know a variant of his shop that we see in the film so you see uh with a sauna and like some different supplies and you go see like fruits veggies and blankets candles all different things you might need in arendelle I feel like I would watch some shorts of Oaken. Just give me, just give me Oaken's story. Oh like, yeah! Like put Oaken in other Disney animated studios movies. That'd be fun. He like he travels <laughs> around to different worlds. You know, he, he runs somehow into- <laughs> he somehow figured it out like better. It's like you know, Elsa. Yeah, she can like freeze water and walk on it. Whatever. I am a I am a business owner. I'm making Monopoly. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see him like with Penelope and Wreck It Ralph. I feel like they'd oh be fun God. together. That would right? be hilarious. That'd be cute. Uh, that would I, I would love a short where you get to combine characters and there's like no limit to what world they were in or what time frame or whatever. Yeah. Come I on, Disney. It, yeah. Giving I, you gold. I, yeah, we're trying here. We're trying. Um uh, but in his in the queue, you can see him hear him from the sauna and he's he wipes things, he like write things on the windows and he draws and um, like he, he'll draw an Olaf, and so it's just a lot of like really fun little details. I don't know if it's five hours of details fun, but <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I can't imagine it would be, but you know, it's nice. I mean, I you know, the way I look at it, it's like, look, there is going to be a point in maybe 10 more years where that queue is consistently not as long. Um, and then that would be like a nice, like, okay, cool. I can sit for 45 minutes to an hour and watch Oaken do his thing, and then I'll get on the ride. It does fascinate me that there are certain rides that no matter how many years they're open, the lines don't go away, like Peter Pan. Exactly. And yeah. I No, it's true. I don't think this will be three, yeah, because it's not quite five hours now. I would say it's closer to like three hours. I don't think there's a world where the standby line would ever get under, you know, an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, I think you're right. And part of that is just like the math of it, right? So like there's some information on the capacity and like the operational hourly ride capacity of this ride. Well, you're like Um, really excited to talk about this. Yeah, I think it's very interesting (laughs) because it's math. Um, And it's just like they can only do 900 people through this ride per hour uh at max assuming that epcot has forty thousand guests in a day you know in the entire 12 hour day they can only fit 27 percent of that attendee of those attendees through this ride so that's why you're going to run into the like you know you would imagine one in four people want to go on it when they go there that's that's the total amount that could actually do it. Well, give me an example of like a different ride. By comparison, Pirates and Haunted Mansion. I think Haunted Mansion is a great one because they can get people through. Yay. Like you're still a ride, but you can still get people through pretty quickly. They have an operational hourly ride capacity, which is a phrase that I will eventually make natural sounding. Um, <laughs> of 3,200 people per hour. Wow. So that is more than three times the amount that you're going to be able to get uh, get through oh, the Frozen, Frozen Ever After. Um, so yeah, it's I, it's obviously one of the most popular rides out there, and they have the a very big challenge of getting people through it. So it's, yeah, it's, you're going to continue to have this issue for a while. That's really interesting because you know we've talked about other rides that they shut down or tore down because of capacity or yeah, rides like that twenty thousand leagues. Yeah, rides that didn't come, you know, into fruition because of the lack of uh, capacity or how many people could move through it. Even with Carousel Progress and like the having the seats versus the standing and like all of these little things, but they're like, nope, we keeping this baby. And yeah, I mean, well, it just goes to show that uh, Tom Stagg really had it figured out when he did all this planning oh, beforehand. Knew how knew. big it was going to be and said, whatever, <laughs> we'll just have a, a, a ride that's too hard to get people through. Yeah, we really like having five-hour waits. We love happy guests. And it's a great, No great guests are happier <laughs> than the ones that have to wait in line. If you've played Roller Coaster Tycoon, you know guests love waiting in line. <laughs> And umbrellas when it's raining. That's the oh, one thing I remember from that game. That's Jack funny. up the price on the umbrellas when it rains. And you're, you're good. <laughs> that's all you got to do. To set the queue, you know, you're inside a building, but it's made to look like you're outside. The lighting is kind of dim. Uh, you feel like you're kind of going through the town. Um, it's a little claustrophobic because they're trying to squeeze so much in such a small space. Um, but you feel like you're supposed to feel like you're outside. It's kind of evening and you get to the dock and you get on the boat and you're finally going on frozen ever after. We made it guys. We made it. Um, the ride is going to commemorate the anniversary of the day Queen Elsa saved her sister, Princess Anna. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, well, this probably isn't the episode for you, but 
Uh, she saves uh, Princess Anna with an act of true love. And so they're going to uh, celebrate that with the official summer snow day. Um, the ride starts with Olaf and Sven. And they're kind of setting the scene. They're kind of going ahead and telling us what we're about to experience. Um, they let us know that we are going to go see Anna and Elsa for the summer snow day. And um, Olaf is kind of bouncing around. He's kind of like following you like on the boat. And he's singing, do you want to build a snowman? But his version. <laughs> um, and really cool. They got all of the original voice actors to come back and voice the ride. I love when that happens. Yeah, again, I mean, I do think this comes down to contract negotiations now. <laughs> like, I'm sure when okay, they sign boo, on Frozen, it's like, I'm, ju I'm just saying. This just it, makes it, me, it, in my opinion, it's because all these actors are probably like, really nice and good people. And they're like, yeah, I want to be a part of it. I'm sure they're nice and good people and that they got paid very well for it. Okay, yeah, they probably made a pretty penny. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um. Josh Gad actually goes to this restaurant all the time that I go to and with his family, and they're so cute. Well, dang. Isn't that cute? Yeah. And they're apparently just like, he's super, you know, down to earth. Um, he started musical theater, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> and anyways, back on the boat. So we're passing through and seeing Sven and Olaf. And I think seeing these animatronics really does set the pace for the ride like seeing how realistic these are and this beautiful winter scene like we're you are in the world of frozen absolutely i think that the, this is one of the rides where the technology really does shine um and we, we kind of talked about why some of that is already but um but yeah it, it just like even watching on the like the 4k youtube thing that i was watching it's like oh this feels Aww. cool like it's cool to see these types of things and you're seeing little stuff like i don't think it was professionally shot uh, but it seemed that way. And I think that's just because of how effective um, they designed the ride. Because uh, you like you look over here and then all of a sudden something pops up and it's like not like a design like to scare you. It's just like, oh, I didn't see that. And now it's here. And it's just very cool. It feels like you're in the movie, which I think is um, what they're going for, but not always what Disney succeeds at. The next thing that you see is not like Maelstrom, because in Maelstrom, we had a number of trolls that were behaving very badly. Mm -hmm. These were not nice trolls. But in Frozen Ever After, we have nice fixer-upper trolls. And so yeah. um, we get to see a mixture of animated and um, static trolls. And they're, you know, kind of checking us out. And um, Grand Poppy, the, like, main troll guy is he's kind of telling you about what happened and um they're singing and there's you know kind of you you hear the music and and they're kind of telling you the story of a younger anna and elsa and again just continuing the narrative of frozen in case you forgot after watching it 12 million times yeah the fixer up <laughs> trolls are kind of like lore devices right like in in the movies and in this Right, where they're yeah. like, we we see the bigger picture, and we are going to tell you, the audience, what the bigger picture is. And it's like, great, thanks, guys. We'll yeah. see you next time we come through. They're such good characters. And I yeah, always, I'm a fan. I feel like I didn't take that, like, the first time I watched it. I didn't. I was like, this scene, I don't really get it. Let's move on. And then every they're time very, after, I was like, this is great. Very underrated. Yeah. Um, then, writers are going to next ascend to a lift where we are going to head towards Elsa's epic ice palace. When we get to the top, 
We're going to see the beautiful, the wonderful, the majestic Olaf ice skating and singing first time in forever. <laughs> Did you say majestic? Yeah. It's majestic. Oh, that was such a good intro, too. That was it was. You got me. I was like, are we already at Elsa? I didn't think so. Um, <laughs> Um, unfortunately, he doesn't really know the words that well, but he's so cute and we love him. Um, he's kind of comedically messed up the lyrics and just kind of floating around where we expected to see Queen Elsa. It's really cute. He's such mm -hmm. a, he is like one of the best characters. It's, and in the second movie, he's like one of the parts where is a lot of comedic relief because he's kind of just like judging and commenting on the first movie and on the fact that everyone got older. <laughs> He is the best part of Frozen 2. I mean, I think yeah. that goes like that's people don't argue with that. That's just it is true. Um, so, yeah, he's he's definitely great. And I will say also one of the best parts of Frozen Junior, the musical that shows in local theaters. Uh, that part was very cute. The, the Olaf did a great job. Uh, what does he sing? Does he just sing in summer? I don't remember. I, it was, you know, it was a year ago. Um, <laughs> so long ago. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long, it's been a long year, Kelly. Don't act True. Like True. Um, then guests are going to pass Anna and Kristoff uh, while Sven kind of sits on the side. And we're having a very Christmas story moment where Sven's tongue is stuck to the ice cold pole. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously Anna and Kristoff are being super cute. And then- and there's they're singing for the first time in forever, right? Uh, yeah, they kind of changed the lyrics to make it fit more that we're about to see Queen Elsa and that it's the big day of this special celebration. Um, and then, then we get to the most lengthy segment of our ride. And it would not be a frozen ride without... Dun, 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 dun. Let it go. Okay, that was so unenthusiastic. Let's try that again. <clears throat> okay, it would not be a frozen ride without a lengthy segment of... Olaf? No! <laughs> Let it go! The song right. that every parent has heard way too many times, and everybody... Not even just parent. I'm going to clarify Everybody has heard way too many times. <laughs> Absolutely. But you're right. They couldn't do it without it. And this is probably my favorite fact of the entire episode. And I'm going to say it, even though it may be the same for you. Um, so I'm sorry for stealing your thunder. But one of the things I thought was really cool about this ride was that they had this challenge we talked about with them adapting it from Maelstrom um, and being like, we can, you know, we can take these ride we can take this ride but we since it is a, a boat in a log flume it's kind of hard to control the speed that it goes because you know you just have the water going around and stuff and how can we really there's going to be times in this ride where we need to slow things down and let people enjoy the moment especially when let it go happens and so one of the reasons they put that there is because that's the same time that they're doing the reverse of the log flume like we talked about and that reversal like slows you down as you're changing from one track to the other um, and adds a little bit of extra time for you to sit there and enjoy the uh, let it go moment before like you get like pushed kind of back down the the pathway uh, as, as you know, kind of part of what it is because like it is this big grand um, musical number that has like swirling power and all that type of stuff in the, in the movie. Um, so it kind of makes sense here too. And it is, it is I think is a really smart way for them to execute on that. And it's also very fun. 
I think that was a perfect explanation of it. I think that this was also a perfect way that they did figure out how to take the Maelstrom track and how to tell the story without changing any of the track. Um, they worked with the, you know, people who worked on the movie, the Imagineers did. And I, I just, this is a beautiful moment. And I, I remember, because for me, that wasn't, you know, my favorite song of the movie, even though it's so epic, you can't help but feel like, oh my God, when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. In that moment of the ride, it was like, wow, this ride is really special. Yeah. And as you're like moving backwards too, like you can look up at the ceiling and you're seeing like the magic swirling on like the, uh, like, I mean, it's lighting, digital effects and stuff, but it is even that, like the little notes and stuff. It's like, this is neat. Yeah. You, you are in Elsa's world 100 Mm percent and the magic continues a little uh jumpier this time where suddenly we are going backwards and we're going down a 28 foot little hill um just so you know don't be scared uh this ride is uh for any height any size child um the 28 foot does not feel like 28 feet it feels much smaller yeah i was shocked when you said that yeah, um, it's at a, a the gradual decline. It's a de- it's yes, it's a gradual decline. So don't be scared of twenty eight feet drop. Um, it in no way feels like that. But you do have kind of a little whoa, you know, and you go down. Now we encounter Marshmallow and the Snowgies. The Snowgies are a character that was introduced in Frozen Fever, and it's like little baby marshmallows. They're so cute. Yeah, that was one I definitely was like, I don't know these because yeah. I haven't seen Frozen Fever. But like when I was going through, I was like, I don't, I don't think I remember like, these things, but they're cute. So like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, based on Baby Yoda, pretty much you make anything small and babyish, and you're like, oh my god, it's so cute. And you got you got new merch. You got excited guests. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so when you're seeing all that, you're like, you've backed in, and now it's going to correct you again so that you can go forward. And you're going to go down a tiny little drop, even smaller than the first one. And then we get to see the Arendelle Castle and fireworks and a beautiful celebration. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's what they do every year. Every single year, we get to see some really cool costumes that are different than what we've seen Elsa and Anna in before. Great merch choice, Disney. Um, (laughs) uh, And they're all singing a different uh, rendition of In Summer. Which that's from Frozen. Is that from Frozen 2? In Summer? No, that's Olaf's song. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm trying to find the Frozen 2 stuff that they said that they promised us, but. Yeah, I don't really think there's any Frozen 2 in here other than the fact that Elsa and Anna and Kristoff and Sven and Olaf are in it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right, well. (laughs) Because I I just rewatched the movies in in prepping for this. Yeah, totally for prepping, not for fun. Um, And I don't remember seeing anything. Um, so if there is something we missed, please let us know. Um, but it's, I really like getting to hear, uh, Kristen Bell sing in summer. I love her voice. And so mm-hmm. getting to hear her sing that little tidbit was really nice to me. Yeah. Do you remember the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes, I do. Um, I think most people considered it to not be very good. Uh, but I could be wrong. But I think the the thing that people liked about it the most was that like, okay, cool. I can go to the movie theater and I can see uh, Queen and I can hear the Queen music um, in uh, like surround sound and this like in the thing designed for me to like really be wowed by music. Oh, 100%. 
And that's kind of what I feel like about this ride too, where it's like, I love these songs. I'm going to get a cool visual experience where I get to hear the music that I like and uh, kind of enjoy moving through this moment again. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it, it seems pretty fun. And I mean, even even watching it on the YouTube, I'm like, I could watch this again just to throw it on and hear like a medley of the music that I like. It was, it's a wonderful ride. I uh, The first time I wrote it, I remember I was like, I just want to go on it again. Um, but I don't want to wait four hours to right, do so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is. It, it's a whole experience. Um, it is more interesting than a classic dark ride because you have the boat. You have um, getting to go backwards for a second. I think that's really cool and fun. And I love that I feel like it's like Elsa's magic is pushing me back. And then, you know, we get corrected and go forward to the celebration. So this is, a, I mean, a classic. Whether... You were interested before listening to this podcast or now. It's a huge hit. So check it out. <laughs> Watch the YouTube video. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, go uh, ahead and check out the YouTube video. <laughs> on Slice of YouTube. Great. So, you know, with this ride, um, we always like to go through the Hidden Mickeys. And honestly, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of legit ones. But uh, we did find some that seem pretty uh, silly. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you give us some of those? Um, especially with a newer ride, you'd expect some hidden Mickeys. There's a lot to look at throughout this ride between the ice, icicles, swirls, characters, animatronics. So I guess they just said, you know what, we're skipping out on the hidden Mickeys. But some people believe they didn't. Um, so one instance of a quote unquote hit. Actually, all of these I'm just going to go ahead and say are quote unquote hidden Mickeys. Sure. Um, one is that the the snow geese at a certain angle, three of them look like a Mickey. Mm, three circles, if you look at from a certain angle, look like a Mickey. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one is in the merch stands because there's a gift shop after Frozen Ever After. I know you're okay. shocked. Um, in the merch stands, there's woodwork design. And there's a horse facing you that if you stand um, to your right as you enter the shop, there's a white three-circle hidden Mickey. Um, I saw what they're talking about. It looks like three dots to me. That's very funny. I also like they're like, okay, well, in the gift shop, um, the staff are wearing little badges that look like Mickey heads. It's oh like, yeah. Well, no, you're not in the ride anymore. It doesn't count. Yeah. Like, there's, you're gonna see Mickey stuff uh, throughout the park. It is not part of this ride. Another one. Well, I didn't even like write down was that in the wood in like the queue. There's a nail, and next to the nail is two spots where other nails are, and that is a sideways hidden Mickey. Wow. It's <laughs> like crazy. No, no, no. Um, we've talked It is kind of disappointing, though, that they don't have some in there, so it feels like, you know. I agree. Feels like sh- they would. They should have them. We talked a little bit before about the actual, you know, Imagineer approved Tinny Mickeys and how there's like other ones that guests and cast members have kind of made up. These all feel like not even cast member, not even cast member made up, but just um, guest guest wishes, guest hopes of seeing a hidden Mickey. But even though there's not really like specific hidden Mickeys, uh, <laughs> at least for most people, don't believe that there's specific hidden Mickeys. Uh, there are still some kind of fun facts and like little stuff that's cool to know about this ride. So um, why don't you share some of that with us? Okay, um, we kind of uh, definitely touched on a lot of it, Olaf being the most technically complex character because of his small frame and bouncy body moving around. Um, it is, uh, there's there's an experience that you can have that goes along with this ride. So 
for $79 for adults and $47 for children, uh, you can enjoy the Frozen Ever After Dessert Party. And cool. I like desserts. It's very cute. They offer premium seating to which was Illuminations. Now there's a new show going in, so I'm sure it'll be premium seating for this new show. Um, and you're going to get themed props and food and drinks centering around Frozen. Um, for example, they'll have like cotton candy lemonade or melted snow. Mm. Um, you can get some alcoholic beverages for if you're 21 and over. And then you're going to have a buffet of foods that are like s'mores or pudding cake, um, Hans key lime tarts, um, all all things that are centered around frozen. But if it's a buffet, I mean, you better get sure. your $79 worth. Got to. You got to. <laughs> but the biggest part about this is... Is you get... Premium seating to Illuminations. Just kidding. That is definitely uh, the you know big part of it. But you also get a bonus, and you get to after the party have an exclusive ride on Frozen Ever After. Yeah, cut cut that five and a half hour line by paying eighty bucks and getting some sweets. There you go. Uh, I'm so not against. I'm honestly not against it. I <laughs> think that sounds fun. I haven't done that. Um, I have wanted to do some of the ones at World of Color where you get to kind of uh, have a special spot and, you know, they bring you cheeses and stuff. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Um, I haven't done this, but hey, it's a great way to skip a line. You get premium seats for Illuminations or the future show um, that's coming to Epcot's World Showcase. Uh, it sounds like it'd be good. Yeah. But I bet buffets are no longer acceptable. For the time being. Well, at least not for a while, yeah. But probably maybe never, but that would be a fun thing. Um, and that's really the most fun fact. Well, there you go. Um, another fun fact is that on this week's episode, we have yet another Disney on Yelp. Yay! Do 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 do. This week's Yelp review uh comes from Los Angeles, actually. Ooh, okay. Oh, this from- is exciting from rosemary w um she has 20 friends and 17 reviews uh and her picture is a candy heart that says hello nice very welcoming yeah um she says be aware that there is no way to avoid getting wet <laughs> Once the boats have been around the track, the seats are wet and you can't avoid sitting in water if you're uh, if you're at the side of the boat you'll get splashed as well if you're okay with this, great. But not everyone will be comfortable with wet pants or a wet princess dress. Three stars. Wow, she's really focusing on that water there. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think. Like, I mean, obviously, like you're gonna you're gonna predict on Yelp. You're gonna see a lot of people being like, "The lines were long," and I was like, "Nah, we know that already." And oh, here's one, Rosemary. Got it. Hot take. Let's go. She was wrong though. That's melted snow, Rosemary. Kelly, I have some information for you. What? Snow is water. What? (laughs) Melted snow is still water. (laughs) It just would have been more in theme if she had said melted snow. That's very true. You're right. You're right. We have some some notes, Rosemary. You're in LA. Hit us up. I do feel like on any log flume ride, including Pirates, including uh, Grand Fiesta, you get a little wet. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, I say that, but then I'm usually like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so let's get into our final questions. Yay! Um, where does this ride fit in your day? 
wherever the fast pass gods have told me. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like this is you. You just accept where where you're going. If you're gonna yeah, go on it, it it just it, that's a focal focal point. This is a ride where I've shown up, a, you know, early to the parks, which is hard for me. Um, shown up early to the parks, ride that first. It's been a end of the day, middle of the day, literally wherever I can get in. Is this an every um, trip kind of ride? Yes, it would be. Interesting. I feel like for me, the weight um, and the reward would not make it an every. But this is, I haven't been on it. So it seems like if it makes sense, I would love to go on it. But I don't think I want to necessarily use my one fast pass or whatever that might be uh, as a placeholder for that unless it kind of makes sense it's hard to get a fast pass for this you really have to plan your trip in advance um Mm -hmm. so i think it's like 60 days before your trip you can start booking fast passes as soon as that comes up you have to try and go for this otherwise it'll be gone this is a really hard one to get um it'll be interesting once epcot is opening a ton more rides the next version of this is going to be a ratatouille ride in france (laughs) Oh, cool. So that'll be uh, fun. And, you know, they're building some other rides in Epcot. I think that will make the lines a little shorter the more that's available and new in Epcot. So, yes, this is an always for me if I have the opportunity. That makes sense. Um, The next one is going to answer itself. You're on your way out of the park. Ten minute wait. Do you go on it? I see there's a ten minute wait on my app. I run. And my family's like, stop running. No, hurry up. We have to get to Frozen. I feel like I'd get along well with your family. Because <laughs> that's you'd be 100%. Like, you'd be like, we got to go. And I'd be like, okay, I'll meet you there. Same you'd be like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, no, don't you get it? <laughs> um, all right. And uh, this is a tough one. Um, what would you change? Is there anything you would change about this ride? Okay. In an idealistic world... I would change their faces and I would make them not computer. I'd make them more practical. That makes sense. I don't know the technology that goes into that. I don't know how much work that is. I mean, I'm not an Imagineer, so I'm sure this is like way more complex. But it it's just it that's the one thing that throws me off a little. If I'm being honest. What about you? No, I mean I get that. I I was really tr- struggling for a second trying to think of what I would change because I feel like it is just a good it is a good version of what it's trying to do. It doesn't feel like there's anything particularly missing. And then I remembered, oh, there is something missing. It's Hidden Mickey's. So like, oh. that's the one thing that I would probably be like, that seems like an easy change too. Yeah. You know, I'm not asking for a ton on this one. Just give me some Easter eggs. Yeah, that's give me less nails in a wood board and more classic Hidden Mickey's. You yes. could easily do it with the computer-generated swirls that Elsa's yeah. doing. Like one of them could make a Mickey. That would be cool. Yeah, or like throw a Yeti in there. From Monsters, Inc. And, like, you know, <laughs> then it's cute. I mean, it's not like a hidden Mickey, but it's, it's not a classic one, but it's kind of some of that sort of thing. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's cute. Well, I guess that's it, Will. I guess so. At least until Frozen Ever After Part 2 comes out, where they I... really de- dig into the lore a little bit more, and everyone's a little confused by the end of it. <laughs> I'll be excited when we can ride these rides together and then kind of do episodes talking about that experience. Um, one day in 2085 when this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I look forward to that. Um, I hope that everyone is feeling a little wintry and a little more festive for the holidays hearing about Frozen. Um, go turn on your Disney Plus and watch Frozen and get excited for the holidays. Um, 
And make sure, more importantly, that you rate, review, subscribe, and share with all of your friends, aunts, uncles, uh, girlfriends, boyfriends, uh, children, dogs. <laughs> the holidays are coming up and some people are choosing to not be around family for safety reasons. You know, one thing that you could do instead is um, share your favorite podcast recommendations and, you know, specifically this one. Yeah. The other ones don't share. Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Please share. Um slice of disney with all of your loved ones and if you are alone for the holidays please know that we're here with you um you can always reach out to us and we'll try to spread a little disney magic your way absolutely and you can do that through social media um we're on both facebook and instagram of slice of disney and on twitter at slice underscore of underscore disney and you can email us at slice of disney pod at gmail.com and again, find us on any pretty much uh, podcasting app. Well, we're excited for this holiday season. We're excited for things to come. And we're excited about you guys. All right. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye.